Mindy Kaling. (laughs) 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 I was like, how do we get into this? Okay. When, when I added her name to the list, like what came up for you? Did you even know who she was? Like, are you into her stuff? Like I knew who she was because we're trying to figure out who we we picked our top 10 and we're picking a bunch of A-lesters and, and, and Mindy came up and I was surprised and happily surprised because I love her. I just, it was just kind of out of the ordinary. I don't know, man. Like it's just been over this past year. I've been like paying more attention to her and her career outside of, Hey, that's Kelly from the office and kind of having a broader understanding of what she's done in her life and i'm like damn like this is actually super impressive and i kind of have a crush on her i think she's pretty cool she came into my radar like on the mindy project like, i didn't really watch the office or anything like that and wait she say that minor again roles in movies what's that say that again I, exactly right i gotta you say you don't watch the office it came it, it was like during time of my life where i was watching other stuff i guess i don't know i'm getting an anxiety attack do you watch it now no i don't i don't like you anymore <laughs> like Okay, let me can I give you a backstory? It's because my my wife's British. Everything in English is better, apparently, or English. So like she maybe the Americanized version is not I like it, and I'm sure she would too. It's not it's not that, but maybe it's she saw the original office. She's just like, I'm good. I don't really watch TV alone. So So that was the thing. And we're not gonna make this all about the office. This is about Mindy, but that's why a lot of people didn't give it a chance in the beginning and it got such bad reviews because they were making that comparison to the British version, which they tried to, I know in the first season, they had Ricky Gervais. Gervais yeah. 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 Come in and like do some consulting and stuff. And they, they held really tight to the British version. But then I think it was in a season like two, three, where they started actually creating their own narrative, their own office. And so it's not, I don't think a comparison thing. It's, it was just inspired by. I wasn't even a fan of the original office. Like I, it's just, it's a completely different thing. I, I loved Ricky Gervais. It just, I don't know. I, I, I like the Americanized one better. Maybe it's because I'm from North America. I don't know. Okay. Well, moving on. And now a 60 second career breakdown. Mindy Kaling, born June 24th, 1979, the daughter of Indian immigrants, now works as an actress, comedian, and author who's best known for her offbeat humor. After college, Kaling and her college friend created an infotainment satire, Matt and Ben, in which the women portrayed the actors, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. After writer and producer Greg Daniels saw Matt and Ben, he recruited Kaling in 2004 to write and act on an American version of the popular British mockumentary-style TV comedy, The Office. Kaling later developed the innovative TV show The Mindy Project, which centered on the life of an obstetrician gynecologist who was fixated on finding a romantic partner. The series ended in 2017. She then co-created the TV series Champions, then drawing inspiration from her own life, Kaling then co-created and co-wrote the Netflix show Never Have I Ever about a first-generation Indian-American teenager. Today, she continues to write and create hit shows including the sex lives of college girls. Who knows where her sassy, offbeat humor will pop up next. Early life. Anything notable there that you learned? I mean, obviously... Mindy's like one of these typical cases... We've seen it a few times where it's just like she's got these successful parents with traditional careers and like maybe the creative path wasn't necessarily their in their best wishes, but but she did it anyway. And yeah, I heard her say on Ellen, Ellen asked her the same thing, like, hey, what did your parents think about you going into the arts? And she said that her parents were always super supportive. They just wanted her to be the best at everything. So if you're going to go into this, like dominate. I've got a trivia question for you. Oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Okay. What is it? All right. Do you know Mindy's real first name? 
real first name. Yeah. Vera. Vera. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to so disappointed. Your, I don't know what kind of researcher you are. You could be skimming through. It is actually. I know that was the the answer because that was my trivia for you. Because Vera is the name of an, I sort of got an incarnation of a Hindu goddess. That's what that means, which is pretty badass. So Vera Chokalingam. Vera Chokalingam. I I thought I knew her first name was her first name. I didn't realize she had a different last name. Yeah, yeah. So they changed her name to Mindy when they moved to the United States. They wanted to find a quote cute American name for their daughter. And I don't know if this is accurate or not. Some source says it was after the show Mork and Mindy, some TV show. That was the one with Robin Williams. Wasn't he an alien or something in that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the funny thing about their, this culture, I even have a buddy who's like in the, in the comedy world and he comes from, I forget what part of India at this point, but he actually, he was sent here for school and then he got into stand-up comedy, burned through his school money, but he... he Changed. He has a stage name because he doesn't want his parents to find out that he's doing something creative <laughs> instead of something in the education system. So his he has like literally a whole identity away from his parents. Exactly. It's just, wow. and that's really common, especially among traditional Indian families. But I guess Mindy, it's by the sounds of it, she she's it was a bit more liberal in her household. I guess so. Her her dad was an architect. Her mom was an OBGYN, both from India came to the United States, had her and her brother. I mean, she went hard after it. And we'll get into this, you know, with her her college life and started getting some of her breaks. I mean, really early on. I mean, depressingly early. <laughs> it's like a Taylor Swift going back. I'm like, my God, what am I doing with my life? But I, I heard in one interview, she was saying that she would go, I think, sit in her mom's office, her mom at the hospital, and she had a choice of either reading or writing. And she would go to a typewriter and sit there and write and just write jokes and write plays. So she was doing this like at a very, very early age, but she did go to college. She went to Cambridge, studied playwriting, I think it was. I think it's it's funny about, like she's clearly an intelligent person and well-educated. And it's funny, you you don't realize that until you do the actual research, but like a lot of those writers like on your favorite TV shows and like SNL, like they're all Harvard, Harvard alumni, like Conan O'Brien is like a Harvard grad. Yeah. He was, he was originally on SNL as well. So I just, maybe it's writing supposed to be creative. Like why do you need an Ivy League education to be a writer? I don't know the answer to that. What I'm guessing right now, because I recently started working in PR and on a team of just some brilliant people and they're using like, you just, the way that they speak, the way they present themselves, it's just unbelievable and it's starting to click to me how much work actually goes into writing it's not and obviously i'm talking in a pr sense but even you know crafting a good joke or writing a script or whatever like it is a craft it is really really hard it sounds easy but i I think most writers usually describe it as like torture (laughs) not only from like the creative side like inspiration but also to trying to figure out how to articulate things in such a a simple and direct way that creates relatability but also to a sense of wonder and curiosity it's 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 hard man it's hard but bj novak same way i'm a huge fan of his and he's that dude is freaking brilliant but yeah she was a creator of a comic strip at her daily newspaper at the school she said she couldn't draw very well but she was funny apparently that, but do you think that that discipline like of, of being like the school system for example like you we all know the creative types out there who can't really focus on a regular school thing oh we, we call them brilliant in their own right but do you think there's the people that are quote unquote book smart? They, it's, it's that discipline of being able to be reliable 
Maybe. as a staff writer because they can see a story arc and they can execute that entire thing without distraction maybe and i'm, I'm very new to the comedy space just learning about it you, you you'll be able to tell me more than anybody i feel like there's certain there's certain types of comedy that lean a little bit more towards like a and you know intelligent book smart person <laughs> and she she describes her work as like cynical comedy i believe you know she had a commencement speech at dartmouth just a few years ago and one of the things that she really emphasized in it is there is no direct path and that's the one of the things that she learned through her career and so it's what's so interesting at looking at these people's lives because we, we can make some conclusion that hey school helps you out and then we'll find an outlier of somebody who had totally effed up their life <laughs> well she's hustled like it, clearly she had she she had a knack for it she you said yourself she she chose to write instead of read or whatever at a young age and then she just decided i mean she has a natural charisma like she plays basically the same character in everything she is like i feel like that's just an elevated sense of herself and so i don't know like some like a person like that cannot not be on tv <laughs> sorry i'm concerned i don't know she apparently got a i don't know how these people just find these opportunities it's out of this world but when she was 19 year old sophomore she became an intern with Conan O'Brien, the late night show. You don't find those opportunities. Like they, those kind of, those are sought out. Like that didn't, those things don't land on your lap. Like it's, that's like a, like a, a life goal. So if you, if you want to get into the entertainment business, like why not get your foot in the door by starting at the bottom? I don't know her story of how she got on that show, but I know, I can't remember her last name, Angela, who plays Angela on The Office. She was an intern too at Conan O'Brien and she actually kind of like faked an interview. She called up there so many times and finally she said that she had an interview with this certain person at this certain day or whatever and missed a call and she totally didn't but they went ahead and called her in because they thought it was like an admin mistake on their end and she awesome. ended up getting an interview yeah it worked for her <laughs> so i have no idea it. who angela is but i love that gosh you're so offensive to me right now but anyway <laughs> she went through school she did the thing that she was supposed to do but i mean even early on 19 years old she just started hardcore pursuing her career which goes into the you know the second bit we have which is her career but is there any like big takeaways for you like looking at her early life I don't know. I, again, I think she came from a pretty stable household in which her parents were pretty supportive with it. But like, there's a case like that's not always the case. And so sometimes when you're going against your parents' wishes, there's kind of like a mentality of like, it's an extra little bit of, we got to prove them wrong. Please don't let my parents be right. So we got to work twice as hard. There's a really good interview with her. And I'm a huge Sam Jones fan. You're probably gonna hear me say Sam Jones like 45 times on this show, but... Is he on The Office? Oh my God, you're so offensive. <sighs> Sam Jones off camera, his conversation with her, she said that she spent, you know, as a young kid, just hours and hours, I say kid, I mean, teenager, pulling apart scripts, trying to figure out what was funny and why something was funny. And she made this statement that you've got to, she knew it was the path for her because she could spend hours and hours doing just that. And I just thought that was an interesting takeaway of like really returning back to what could you do mindlessly all the time and paying close attention to that, even if it doesn't make sense. Because if you think about it logically as a teenager with, you know, her parents being super successful and all that, you know, the thought could have entered her mind of like, hey, I have to go this conventional path. Why am I sitting here rewriting a script over and over again and trying to figure out why this joke worked? But she honored it. And for some reason, I guess it was accumulation of her parents and her own confidence she didn't think it was out of this world. And her second book was called Why Not Me? 
Did you read that? I haven't, but I ordered it. You ordered it. Here you go. See, that's the fun thing about doing research on this. It's like you become even more of a fan than you thought to begin with. I know. And I have so many freaking books to read and I don't have time to read all these books. There's so many books I want to read. I could just sit on my ass for the rest of my life and read a book. Those who can't do, read. <laughs> all right. Career. So what was her big breakthrough, Maine? Break, breakthrough. Again, I think the Mindy show was what got her onto the the big map, right? She, she started with the minor things. I remember seeing her in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Like she had a few minor movie roles where... We have such a different perspective of her life. You think that the Mindy Project was her big breakthrough? Her her mainstream breakthrough. Like I mean, I, the, again, even with The Office, like it's a huge show, but she was a character in a cast of like 30 people. <laughs> she was a writer, producer. I mean, she... The very first thing that she did was her and her friend, oh my goodness, what's her name? Withers, her and her girlfriend Withers, when they were like 19 years old or whatever, created a play. This is before The Office, where they were pretending to be Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. That play won them like awards and that's where they got, they wrote a pilot for it. But then the people who were funding it rewrote the pilot and then told Mindy that she couldn't play herself in that pilot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then that's when Greg Daniels from The Office, like she wrote a spec for The Office and he hired her. She was the only female, and this is why I like her so much. She was the only female writer on the freaking show and she was like 24 years old. A lot of people, they, they seek opportunities, but they don't necessarily, they got to kind of create some sort of energy for things to come to create a magnet, you know, for these opportunities to come. So they just created this, this, this play, right? Like, yeah. All right, this is what we're doing. And, and hopefully it leads somewhere. Greg Daniels, I think saw the play too, right? Or, I think or, so. But she created a spec script for the office, which for those folks at home who don't know what a spec script, a spec script is, explain it for us, Heather. It's essentially where someone will pretend like they are a writer of the show and write an episode of the show, which, you know, A, shows them their their understanding of these characters, also to that they've gotten the voice of the show. So it's not just a way of showing, yeah, I'm a good writer, I can make some good jokes, but also to I'm capable of entering into this world because I, I know the voice of this show. Yeah. So like if you're an aspiring writer who wants to write for a show, like a spec script, spec, why the hell can I say that? Spec script. Exactly. It's like the best <laughs> way to do it because it's like, if we were to hire you, what would you deliver? This is exactly what I would deliver. And clearly she knocked it out of the park. Hold on. Why is it called a spec script? After that, look up who cares. It's a speculative screenplay. Oh, yeah. dropped an HP bomb on us. Yeah, but I heard that she was, it was a really hard time, you know, in her life, because even though she was young, like she got a lot of recognition with that play and then they didn't cast her in it. So it goes to TV, which is great, but also too, it's like, hey, I didn't get cast in this. And then season one of The Office, everybody poo-pooed on it. Why? Because what you said earlier, everybody's like, this isn't the British office, blah, blah, blah. So she's like 24 and she has all these awesome opportunities, but she also feels like, it just doesn't feel like it's popping for her until, of course, you know, a couple years later when The Office really took off. Trivia. Oh, trivia, trivia, trivia. I'm ready. Yeah. Are you ready for this? I know you're not going to know this because you don't know The Office. going to fail right away. Here we go. Okay. Oh, how am I going to win color was her coffee mug in episode 324. How did Mindy end up Mindy on The Office? Did we just talk about that? She wrote a spec script and then she wrote herself into the script. That's not the story. She wasn't brought in to be an actor. 
on the show. One of their extras called in sick and she took over. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wrong place, wrong time. They needed That's just somebody... happened to a friend of mine, side note, like on something else unrelated. And it, but, you know, right place, right time. Pretty cool. They got brought in because an extra didn't show up? They were an extra, I think. And then one of the speaking parts, people didn't show up. And she was like right there, standing right there. Like, why don't we, you want to read it for this? She sure. Then she got the part. <laughs> I, I like, seriously get depressed just doing this show because I think about all these all things that haven't happened for me. Okay, Mindy, they needed somebody to slap Steve Carell in Diversity Day, which if you watch Diversity Day, you already know the answer to that. And so while they're writing it, I believe it was Greg Daniels was like, hey, why don't you slap him? And she's like, okay. And so she was just supposed to slap him in that. But then they decided to go ahead and create this character. She had this like, her only role was like this, this slap. But like, if you're mm-hmm. undeniable, then like, what are you going to do? Like, you can't ignore... What's behind that slap? That's, I mean, that happens a lot in acting or so I've heard. I interviewed Sam from Ozark about a year ago and his character, which was a, you know, just a smaller role. I believe it was in season one. It was just supposed what to be. What does Sam remind me? He's the, well, he play, he starts off as like an insurance guy. His mom has the funeral home and then his mom gets hit by the car. Then he dates the stripper and he gets engaged to her. And then he ends up running the hotel season four. Spoiler alert, y'all. Anyway, he just really owned his role and got into it and brought so much to the character that they kept writing him in. And that happens a lot. Mindy. Yeah, actually, I was going to jump into another thing I love about Ozark, but I was like, you know what? We're not going to derail this right now. <laughs> but There's so many things I hate about Ozark, so we need to do a whole thing on that. But Once we stop rolling, we will, we will talk about Ozark. And there's like people out there listening to this. It's like, no, talk about it now. We love Ozark. <laughs> Listen, we're getting off. Okay, so... She writes the spec script. Spec script. Forget She writes the script that happens to be a speculative thing or the thing. Mm-hmm. And now she's uh, she's in the show. She's on the show. And she. I remember hearing her speak about like she her uniqueness is, gives her a superpower for like her perspective when she does writing and things like that because she's never really seen a family like hers on television. So she yeah. she comes from a unique place. So I mean, she was on the office for freaking long time into season seven her contract was to expire and then a season eight that they brought her in as a full executive producer i think that was a you know interesting transition from writer to writer slash actor and then she ended up producing and directing several of the shows which she in her career has kind of shifted into is you know producing producing work we gotta obviously comment please entertain me for just a moment of her relationship with BJ Novak. Do you know anything about all this? Yeah, I, I, w- I was aware it, there was a thing, but fill me in. <laughs> That's all there was, really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there was a thing, and I'm obsessed with it. I think everybody, I met BJ Novak a few years ago. I, I, he's adorable, but him and her, they've had like this on and off romance where they swear to God nothing's going on, but every, all of us who are fans just really hope that it's true. In real life, right? Not in the show. IRL. But anyway, so she moves on from the office. What happens after that? Wait, before we get into that, we I, another story related to the office is like Pam, who played Pam in the office. I don't know who the Jenna what's Fisher. real <laughs> Jenna Fisher. Yeah, exactly. So she kind of got on the same way, like a back where she was she prepared for it in a kind of a backwards way. I take a lot from that. B- before Pam got cast, call her Pam because I, I don't know where I, I forget her name. Jenna Fisher. <laughs> Before she got cast, she was sort of spinning her wheels similar to Mindy 
And so she kind of, with a bunch of friends, created this mockumentary of an Office-related show. Mm -hmm. It was before The Office was even a thing. Mm -hmm. And she did that for like a year and just created episodes that didn't go anywhere. But she was basically priming herself for the audition of her lifetime, which she got. And yeah. it jumped in there. So it's it's sort of what Wendy was doing. It's like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to create a play. Maybe, she, you know, it's just do something, anything. And it's, it's got to be, it's got to lead to somewhere eventually, right? Yeah, th this has been a big mindset shift for me lately, trying to view things as like projects and be willing to create something, put it out into the world and move on and see just how it works, if it does, if it doesn't, because I'm, I'm so like final with everything. And I think that goes again back to the kind of personal development brainwashing, but where you can just, like you said, make something, put it out into the world and like let go of it and not worry about whether it works or it doesn't work, but just have the practice of creating. And, you know, and nobody's like coming to save you, which is a really offensive idea, but it's true. Like nobody's coming to make you a famous comedian. You know what I mean? Just hand you an opportunity. Nobody's coming with me with a freaking microphone saying, hey, here's a show with a ton of listeners here. Have at it. Like that's not going to happen us grinding and busting our ass and banging our head against the wall for years eventually that's going to happen that or we'll just die <laughs> yeah but the, and so, but like we all have that light at the end of the tunnel but i think part of the thing you realize after the fact is like whatever that struggle is 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 half the fun i hear a lot of like people who have made it talk about the hungry years with like a grin on their face it's like those were actually more fun than where i am now kind of thing does it always feel fun to you i like the pursuit it's like i feel like when you get up in the morning like i have a purpose to try to achieve something like when like assuming you have everything like what, what else is there yeah do you ever think about quitting though all the time really like for real for real or just like f it i'm done no this is well, I'll use comedy as the example. Like you're, you're only as funny as your last show. Like you could crush an entire room and then think you're the funniest person on the planet. But like the, the night after, you could bomb completely and think, "Why was I?" You know, it, it's it's an emotional roller coaster. But and what keeps you coming back? I don't know how to do anything else. Period. Well, again, like if you if you're at the type of person who set goals, you're not going to let like one little failure kill it, right? So because growing pains are just part of the process. And I think you've probably been on a project where you've, you know, you've, you've succeeded and, and you look back on it. It's like, well, I probably wanted to give up three or four times, but I'm glad I didn't because now I'm here, yeah. right? Yeah. I was talking to Brian last, my husband last night, and I've I just been really frustrated, like with where I'm at creatively. And I feel like I'm putting in a lot of effort and not really making things that I want to make. And it's very hard for him to understand because he's not a creative person at all. And so he's just like, well, just quit, just quit. You know, it's right. always his answer. Just quit. If it's so mm -hmm. torturous and you don't enjoy it, why are you doing it? And I'm like, because I love it. <laughs> and it's so hard to explain that, I think, because it's this weird, like frustrating torture we put ourselves through because we genuinely do love it. And also too, it's so hard and frustrating, especially like, you know, like with Mindy's case, you know, she busted her ass and worked and actually did what she was supposed to do. She made this play. And at the end of the day, when whoever picked it up to make it a show, they're like, oh, side note, you can't be in it. That would be a total kick in the in the ball, whatever that whatever she has. It, it would be like, how would that make you feel? Please don't finish that statement. <laughs> I mean, what the F? Like, why can't I be in the thing that I created? But I, uh, I, I, I guess she... That's is that around the time she created the spec script? Like she's yeah. like, "F you guys, I'm going to go this other route." Yeah, and I mean that's what she's she's done since then. Because you know, obviously after the office, she was that when the Mindy 
project came in. I never watched that show. Are you just saying that because? No, like I for real it. haven't. It's it was it was great. I, it, it, like the first few seasons were awesome, and then it got weird, as shows typically do. But it's great because it really because uh, another thing is because uh, she's writing for herself now. She's not writing a character. It's just an elevated version of herself, mm-hmm. and she's a really likable person. And her quirk, everything comes out, and it's just uh, the audience. I think the rest of the world kind of falls in love with her and is that where she's playing maybe one of the office when she's when she when people other people are writing for her as well she's like maybe i I don't know i don't again i i I, i'm trying to like do the parallel between the office and the and the mindy thing but like she's do you find this like when you're acting you're playing a character you can't necessarily be completely authentic right because you're 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 pigeonholed into this box but i think mindy project she had like full control and she just Mm -hmm. that's when she blew up I know she's made this statement before she wanted to, you know, not just tell the story of being an Indian woman, (laughs) you know, coming to America and making her way. She wanted to have, you know, more substance to what she's portraying and writing in the world. And also, too, she's a very girly, like shopping, likes she's very expressive. She's very much like Mindy in the in or Kelly in the office. The kind of humor she uses in the show is like sarcastic how could i describe it it's like sarcastic sass i don't know what she is it's like she acts as though she is like a, a wealthy individual but struggling i i don't know but it, it but in a self-deprecating way and so it's endearing I, I don't know i can't put my finger on it but it that whatever humor it is did he pick up though that she's a OBGYN in the show and that was what her mom was i did not make that comparison until just now sam jones asked her if it was like a, a nod to her mom because she was dedicating a show to her and apparently her mom had died like right before she had wrote the pilot to the show so her mom was never able to to see it but she said that it wasn't supposed to be a tribute to her mom that maybe one day she'll do something for her mom it was more of she grew up in that world and had done obviously so much quote research understanding the life of an indian woman doctor and so it was just kind of a natural thing for her to write a show about that but it wasn't necessarily about her mom per se although she said that her mom probably would have liked her outfits in it she did she, she had her cool outfits i guess yeah yeah she that's that was part of her character she had like, a great fondness for designer clothing are you into clothing no i like looking good you know but i don't i'm not like <laughs> i don't need designer stuff like it's just, yeah. i wish the bad people could see you and you said that your shoulder moved a little bit you're like i like looking good <laughs> <laughs> so she's making these shows. She also starts writing books, which I think is really cool. Her first book was in 2011, which was a memoir. Is everyone hanging out? Do you think that's early me? for a memoir yeah. at the age of 27 or whatever it was? When you at 19 are working with the Conan O'Brien show, you get hired on the office at 24. Go ahead and write your memoir at 27. Go ahead. There's, I guess there's a fine line. Like you're, she had a lot of heat on her at that point. So why not release a book? Because that's probably the best time to release. Why does to, she have uh, heat on her? No, just in general. Like she's at the top of her game at this point oh, in time. I thought you meant so she why did not... something scandalous. No, 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 not at all. Whereas if she had released a book, you know, 30 years from now with her full life, I hope she's still working, but people would be like, who, who's Mindy or whatever. No, she's definitely still working. She has some cool stuff in the fire. We'll get to in a second. But yeah, she wrote her second one in 2015. I think, you know, in the third one, she's the third memoir. Oh, my God. In 2020. (laughs) It's just updated versions of the original. (laughs) She lives life. She just writes a little bit more. Mindy revised. 
but I mean, she's, she's a writer at the end of the day. Like we were just saying that a minute ago, like what you do, you can't help, but do what you do. You know what I mean? She's a writer. So of course she's just gonna be spitting out books like a gangster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I she's, is, do you find like writing is you mentioned it earlier, like what, what's something that you can unconsciously do all the time without thinking or whatever. She, she's clearly a writer. Do you have something like that? Like some sort of habit, some sort of, I have been trying to figure out how to make this a thing because I can't say, Oh, I'm a writer or, Oh, I'm a photographer or, Oh, I'm a singer or anything like that. I ask people questions constantly and I'm fascinated with getting to know you. And I'm that way with almost everybody I meet, unless you're really boring and I don't want to talk to you, (laughs) (laughs) which has happened and I'm ashamed of it, but it's true. But for some reason, it's just like if you, Brian brings over guys from the base all the time. And I try so hard not to be like a freaky weird person, but I'm just like, where do you grow up? What do you want to do with your life? What's your favorite song? Like, how's your this mom? This is why we get along. So, so I we talked about it before we got started recording. It's like small talk is not my thing, but medium talk that's my wheelhouse. And when Thank I meet you. someone for the first time, like I elevate way too quickly. But that's like where I love to be. Is like let's let's really get to know each other instead of BSing around with the small stuff. But people don't like that. They get freaked out by it. And I don't know why. Exactly. I, I don't. I mean. This small talk is basically just a way to let's just get through this. Let's let our kids just finish this sport so we can get on with our own lives. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to know you. We're just here because our kids are on the same team. For the love of God, I don't want to talk about why my parents don't like me or whatever. But yeah, that's why I went into therapy because I thought I'd be a great therapist. And I was, I think I was really good at it. Maybe I hope. But it was also really boring because you just sat in a chair and I didn't want to sit in a chair. Well, what about your, you said you like asking questions and you like being inquisitive. And to me, that seems like the perfect role for you. Like what was, why did you find that boring if that's supposed to be what you're into? Honestly, there's a really dark side to it. I want to make things, BJ Novak said this once and I loved it. I want to make somebody's favorite something. And I like making things and putting it out into the world and getting attention for it. So obviously that sounds terrible, but it's true. Like I want to make things and people listen to it or watch it or hire me to do something. Like I'm too expressive to sit and just have these one-on-one. And I feel like a shit saying that because I think that's like super noble, like give your life to people. And I'm like, no, I want to express myself and be on a stage and have people like my TikTok reel. Well, that's there's nothing wrong with that. I think everyone is like that. Like that's some it stems from childhood. Like we just want attention. So here, let's get some free therapy advice from me right now. Like what causes someone to want that validation? I think Are there's you know, either enough as a child, Heather. There's usually I think there's two sources. A, you were born purely creative and you can't help but to do it. Like in Mindy's case, I may be wrong but it seems like she had a pretty healthy childhood. She speaks fondly of her parents. There was no like lack of attention there, lack of resources, but at 13 years old, she's sitting there typing on a typewriter. She cannot help herself. And there's that element. Then there is the other element why we seek attention where you have a shitty life and you think that that's how you're gonna get love, period. And you're gonna feel better. And then people become famous and they get all the attention and they realize that they don't actually have the love that they're seeking and they get depressed and they do drugs. It's a Jimmy Carey quote. He's like, I hope that everyone gets rich and famous so they can realize that's not what we want or yeah. something. Do you think that having 
affluent parents as she did is sort of a benefit for that creativity. Like I, it, it, on the surface, you think, no, you have to be successful like us. So get a good job and do this. But the other side of the coin, which I think in her situation is true, we're doing just fine financially. So if you want to experiment in this world of creativity, that's our gift to you. A hundred percent. Same thing with Taylor Swift. When we looked at her life, I mean, she had opportunity to explore and play and there wasn't an attachment at that age. And I don't know about Mindy, but this has to make money. I know Mindy said that she made like $500 a week on her play, which isn't a lot, but she said I lived minimally and I didn't need it. And I didn't care. And that it's harder when we get older. And this is what's been difficult about me getting to be the age, the age I am is it's hard to create without there being something in the back of your mind of like, this needs to make money. Yes. It, yes. Again, you, it, I talk about it a lot where you, it stifles your creativity. So you start conforming everything you create to something that you think is going to be super popular, but yep. it's not necessarily something that you want to create on your own. Yep. That's what moving to Hulu too for her. I think it was, I think it was the Mindy show when she moved to Hulu. I might be wrong on that, but she said that even the network change was helpful because apparently with network television, you have to, before a break, kind of shift the energy of the script to be either more lighthearted or something that's going to run in conjunction with the ad that's about to be placed. So moving to streaming services, she had a lot more creativity to if she wanted to sit in a moment and it'd be bad and shitty, she could a little bit longer than the network television. So yeah, these these restrictions, these limits, it's like this game we have to play as creatives, you know. But I think she 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 has a good job as a showrunner to be able to balance both of those sides. Like I hear a lot of like take a get comedians for example who get show deals and and they're trying to create the funniest show possible, but the executives and the people who give notes like they they're st they're again stifling their show because they don't know creativity, but they know they're trying to run a business like they want ad that. revenue, they want all this sort of stuff, and it, there's always a battle there. But I think Mindy does a good job. She understands both worlds. You know, another thing that she has, I guess the way you look at it, she looks at at it as a positive, like going for her. She has two kids, but she's not married, and. She said in an interview, <laughs> that's how she's able to get so much stuff done. She goes, I don't have to worry about checking in with somebody at the end of the day. I mean, obviously keep these two babies alive and love them. But that's also too been helpful for her because she, she's like really big into like visualization and manifestation and stuff, which I'm like, sign me up, girl. Let's go. Let's go all day. She's literally able to focus completely on what she wants to put out into this world. Well, how did, where did the kids come from? Was it, was it, was it like a sperm donor, like some sort of IVF? Was it? They, they, the she Lord? hasn't publicly announced it. And somewhere I read that even her close friends don't know. I mean, I'm personally pulling for BJ Novak here, but I know that's part of <laughs> I feel like you can't get pregnant from BJ. Why? Personal experience with this. What's... Wait for it. <laughs> there it is. I'm so slow. <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, another show. Uh, I have a trivia. I have a trivia for you to get your mind out of the gutter. Okay. Heather. What sport? What sports team is she a one percent owner in? You have to name the team, but just give me the sport. Welsh soccer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're re-looking at the same article. <laughs> I, I swear to God, everything I have written down to like talk to you about, like you're you're bringing up, and so okay, fine. Her career, main takeaways before we wrap her up with, with what she has going on. 
any takeaways from her career for you, from your, you know, what you want to do with your life? And I, I, it's, I, I, it's reassurance that like people more talented than you, like, like, like Mindy is, are doing sort of what we're already doing, which is like, just kind of creating opportunities for themselves. Like we don't know how to get where we want to go, but we're not just sitting there twiddling our thumbs, waiting for opportunities to happen. Preach. We are pretty actively trying to make things happen. And I think we, that's evidence with a lot of people we've talked about, but specifically here with Mindy, she's just, she knows she has some sort of gift and she's trying to share that with whoever will listen. So to kind of catch us up to where she's at today. So we didn't mention 2013. I think this is pretty impressive. She was named Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in the World. That's a cool credit. You know, side note. She did a lot of voiceover work. She was in Wreck-It Ralph and a bunch of cartoons. and Yeah, and then in 2020, she created Never Have I Ever. Have you seen that? I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. I watched a, a little bit of it, just prepping for today's conversation, just to try to get a vibe. But yeah, she created the show 2020, and it's based on her childhood growing up in the Boston area. That's What's it. What's a Never Have I Ever that you would like to share with the listening audience today? I'm going to try to do one that I believe you have done. So I'm going to try to be very strategic about this. Never have I ever really, truly made people belly laugh in stand-up comedy. Ooh, okay. I don't know if I should be bragging about that, but it's what I got. I don't understand the rules. What do I do now? <laughs> You're just to say, yeah, I have because I'm the bomb. <laughs> and then we move on and I feel like crap. Have you watched this show? Never have I ever? Mm-hmm. No. Watch no, but again, like I didn't even know it existed until like I was looking up Mindy. So like I love this is partially why I love this sort of thing. And like not to cross-reference a recent episode we taped, but we were talking about Sandler. You're like, oh my god, I saw Hustle recently, and like I, it's been on my on the fence forever. Watched it last night, loved it. So it's oh, you <laughs> did giving me an excuse to uh, you know. Did you let your kid watch it? How did how did that go? Do you regret? I don't me? know why it was rated R. There was a few cuss words in it, but like both kids were like super into it. Good, Young good. And old. After he sent me that picture, I was like, oh God, please let this not be like really raunchy. And then he's like, I can't believe she said my kids could watch this. <laughs> Glad they enjoyed it. Another thing I learned, and I'm super pumped about this, is she is co-writing the third installment right now. It's supposed to be coming out Legally Blonde. So, I feel like she has the wrong hair color. Or she's not starring in it. She's She would be the... Um, she's writing it. Don't be pigeonholed in her based off hair color. This is exactly what the system does to women. You got to change the title of the show. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not saying she can't be in the thing. I just don't know if... No, co-writing, co-writing. So I'm super excited about that. And I mean, she's writing shows and she's producing. That's what she's doing. Do you think she's happy? She's got her kids. She's she's writing shows and she's, uh, and she's in her element. She doesn't need no man. Dude, is she happy? Who who the hell knows? There was one interesting thing she said in her commencement speech. Side note, I could watch commitment speeches every single day. I love me a speech. God, Who's I your favorite it. commencement speech ever from YouTube? I for love me, it's probably Jim, Jim Carrey's. Carey. Yeah, exactly. But Jim Carrey, man. Everybody yeah. says he's a freak. I think he is the bomb brilliant. I would be weird with him all day long. He is, and you can't ignore his perspective, even though he's a weirdo, because he has lived it. So, do you think he's a weirdo? Like all the energy stuff, and so he, yeah, I, I bought and listened or read whatever you want at his last book, and it, it's it's bizarre. Like he goes way deep into it. Like I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan, and I don't even know if we're, we have plans to talk about him anytime soon on a new show. But like he's super interesting but he he gets like way into the weeds which is a bit much for me like i love that stuff but not 
Do you believe in manifesting? Because Kaling does. I'm a huge believer in manifesting. Jim Carrey is all about that too. What are you manifesting? Did Kaling do it? Where where does she manifest? What was her story? I think it was on the Today Show that she said, and she seemed embarrassed about it, which I get because a lot of people think it's crazy, but she does these vision boards every year and she just used the word manifest and she said she's really big into that kind of stuff i did vision boards for several years i would do it at the beginning of the year and i would just like this is what was happening by the end of the year and literally nothing would ever happen so i kind of gave up (laughs) you're like forget this what are you manifesting in your life right now man what are you calling in what are you bringing forth what am i bringing forth there was a time when I just wanted to be like successful, like in my twenties and early thirties, it's just like, as long as I, I, I prove them wrong, I just want to be a success. And then that shifts, you, you know, you may get there, you may not, but then it just, now I just want to be happy. So I, I try anything I do, any project I take, is this going to be good for my life or is it going to not be good for my life. That's so great. How do you let go of wanting to be successful though, after wanting that for so long? Oh, I, I think it's like a matter, it's it's different for everybody. I think you just have to redefine what success looks like in your head. And it sounds cliche. It, we'll go back to the Jim Carrey quote if you want, but I think it's like the, the journey is the prize. Like, I don't know what is going to make you happy with whatever you're trying to pursue right now, but the fact that you get to do what you do every day is a blessing. And I think it, it's, I feel lucky and grateful that I get to do it. If you go back and think about those hungry days we were talking about, it's like, do, do you must have had a time in your life when you, like you talked about Mindy, she was $500 a day or whatever it was, or, mm-hmm. or a week, you know, so those are some of her happiest times of her life. Like I think of when I was making 685 minimum wage an hour working at a movie theater, we just, we'd punch the clock and then we'd go sing karaoke till two in the morning. That was yeah. like, I, that was like one of the happiest moments of my life. That was, you know, a teenager or whatever it was. And it's, I don't know. So how do you, how do you recreate that as an adult in your career. And I try to apply those same sort of whatever's to, to overall life happiness. Didn't you, I think it was you, you told me once something along the lines of like, if you want to make comedy about life, you have to live life or something like that. And if you think about that, like broader of like, if you want to make something worth sharing that people relate to and enjoy, it's like we God, it's so hard, but letting go of the expectation of something working because it's like in that environment, you could actually create something interesting that has the potential to grab attention. It's like this weird, and you when you get into spirituality and learning about all this stuff, it's it's wild. The intention of I need to make this work and be successful puts the kind of, it creates the environment. I won't say the word energy, so I don't freak people out, where it's almost destined to fail. They say if you you know reach for the stars, if you land in the clouds, you've still made it. <laughs> I hate that saying. <laughs> and that's not what it says. If you reach for the moon, you'll still land in the sun. Did you say that wrong on purpose? If you hit a star, you probably die. So yeah, go for the moon. That's probably a better idea. So our takeaway from Indy is just not to have any real goals. Just chill out. And be happy because that's no, obviously have what she goals. did. No, have goals, but like, don't, <laughs> don't stress if they don't occur. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's what gets you out of bed in the morning is like those goals. I still have goals. I'm just saying yeah. I embrace the path to get there as opposed to panicking every day that you're not like moving the needle. Well, she actually said something like that in her, her speech at Dartmouth. She said that she wrote a list of everything that she wanted 
to happen by the time she was 30. And I think by the time she did this kind of speech, she was like in her mid thirties, maybe 40. And she said, maybe one of those things came true. And she goes, but looking at my career, my life, like it was successful. I've done some incredible things. But I think to your point that you've been making throughout this whole show about just make things and put stuff out into the world, it's kind of like in the pursuit of that list, in the pursuit of that vision board, we find something and it's never the thing that we thought we were going to find. Well, that's right. It's it's validating in the moment. It's like, I did it. I'm here. I have friends and colleagues who have won Grammy Awards and they're like, this is the best day of my life. And then a week later, it's like the worst day of their life. It's like, what else really? do I have now? It's like I, I they they go further down than they were when they were trying to pursue it. This show <laughs> depresses a, me. <laughs> Right. So again, that's, and I have these conversations with these people and it, it, that's why I'm trying to optimize my situation so that, you know, don't have those, those idols that you're, that you're after. Like that's, that's not what you're after. It's, it's trying to create a balanced life right now while you're trying to pursue those things. Are you plugging your show right now? The balanced I keep saying balanced. I know, but, it, it, <laughs> but it's, that's, it's, it seems to be working. I don't know. I, we talked about this before. I just, it, it, when, when things are working, it's like, I always start panicking about how that just don't screw it up. <laughs> just, yeah. You know, just ski a slow and steady wins the race. You don't want to sink the ship. Main takeaway with her. I like the name of her second book. I like that. I, the theme of her speech that she did at her college of this kind of, why not me bit of kind of qualifying yourself. She said somewhere you have to have insane confidence so that's my main takeaway with her. I think she knows who she is and she isn't, she doesn't stumble, stutter, wobble, all the things I do. I don't know how you felt. In my 20s, I felt very confident. Like I could not, like, even if I did fail, it'd be like, whatever, I have 40 more years of active adult lifestyle to like make it better. So then you have kids and it kind of just, you become a bit more careful. But I remember a time in my life when I was super confident with just about every project I took on. And maybe she's just, she has that. Yeah. I haven't had that phase in my life yet, but it's coming, my friend. <laughs> Mindy, Kaling, we love you. Thank you for letting us talk about your life like we know anything about it. Appreciate it. Bye, Mindy. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to Celebrity Self Help. Please leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you think about the show. And we're also on Instagram at Celeb Self Help. You can always send us a message and let us know who we should cover next.